0: Welcome to the Church of the Living God Mount Sterling podcast. We hope you are blessed by this message. For more information about our church, follow us on Facebook by searching for our page, Church of the Living God Mount Sterling. We would love to connect with you, pray with you, and hear what God is doing in your life. Now grab your Bibles and let's get into God's Word. Who wants some Word? All right, if you've got your Bibles, let's turn to Isaiah chapter 58. Isaiah chapter 58. You know, one of one of the huge blessings of this house and and something that God taught me in ministry is, is so many times I would see I would see pastors just taking on this false burden that, well, if I'm the pastor, I gotta preach. If I'm the pastor, I'm gonna preach. But really, in the kingdom, we're supposed to be training. We're supposed to be equipping. And so when we planted this church, we we formed a team. Because there's times where it's not that I don't want to preach. Listen, I'll preach anywhere, anytime, drop of a hat, I'm ready to preach. I'll bring you something. I'll bring you something from the throne. I'll bring you something from the heart of God. But there's times that I want to hear, that I want to listen, and I want to sit back. And so it's just been so awesome to have, you know, uh, Pastor John and Pastor Megan but, you know, something that has really touched my heart is, is you know, with, with John and Megan, we, we've, been, we've been friends with them for years. <clears throat> you know, when I first, when I first started uh, visiting Church of the Living God and then Kimberly was visiting with me and stuff like that, we just immediately just built a friendship with them. But as God started to develop things and started to, to increase us in ministry, it seemed we started to partner more with things and, and partner in prayer. And then when it really came down to this church plant, something that was so beautiful is that we, we, we literally said, we're not going to just do ministry together, but we're going to do life together. And I think that's, that's the, one of the aspects of the kingdom that sometimes we miss in the church, is that we're so ministry focused and sometimes so church focused that we lose the relationships that we need, that when we're outside of the church, we're desperately in need for that as pastors, so many times it's such an, an isolated place and a lonely place that you can't be broken in front of anybody and you don't want to share anything with anybody. You don't want to be vulnerable to anybody because, because, believe it or not, church people are fickle. And they, break, they put ministers in positions that ministers were never called to be. Ministers are never called to be here. We're called to be here. True fivefold ministers are foundational pieces that the church is built upon. And so just these past, these past couple weeks when, when, when they've just been so vulnerable. And, and, and Megan preached a prophetic word. That literally she preached a word that she was about to step into. That's tough. And then for Pastor John to come in and preach a word that he had to just step in. You know, it's something that that when 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 ministers release these things, and Pastor John brought out says, so many times we preach the messages that we've walked through. We preach things that God has brought us out of, and, and so today I'm, I just I just felt led by the Holy Spirit that He's been ministering this word to me uh, for years, but but really these past couple weeks, and I just just want to thank you two so much for your for your love, for your hearts, and for what God's doing, but but really just the. The opening up of your heart so many can be healed from, from, from the, the things that God's doing in you. So Isaiah 58 verse 6 says this. This, this is one, a, a chapter in the Bible where they talk about fasting. A, a real fast. So the Lord says this. Is, is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness. To undo the heavy burdens. And to let the oppressed go free. And that ye break every yoke. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out of the house, when you seest the naked and that you cover them, and that you don't hide yourself from your own flesh? Then, everybody say, then, then shall the light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily, and the righteousness and thy righteousness shall go before thee, and the glory of the Lord shall be. Thy rear reward. Amen. I'm gonna preach a message today by the authority of the kingdom of God called a true increase. All right, a true increase. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just glorify you for this day. We thank you for your presence that has just been laid brick by brick like a foundation, like, like a, a step of ascension for us to approach you. Father, everything that you have done has been done in a way that allowed us encouraged us, and demanded us to come boldly before your presence. And so, Lord God, I just bring this word to you. I ask for the unction and the utterance of the Holy Spirit of God to move through me, to minister through me, that even in the wounds of my heart and the brokenness of my spirit, may you bring this word forth. That true increase can come in me, in these people, in this house, and then into this city. And we will glorify you for it. In Jesus' name, the church said amen. So, so many times when we, when we talk about fasting, one of the foundational elements of, of what I felt in this message is, is the brokenness that we encounter in our lives. There's nobody in here that doesn't walk in brokenness or hasn't walked through brokenness. And sometimes fasting, I always relate to an, to an aspect of brokenness because, because in fasting, we, we submit our bodies. It's like we break down the natural desires, the natural needs of our bodies for the Lord. Am I right? Because we have to drink water. We have to eat food. So, so when I'm in a fast, I approach God in a way of saying, Lord, I'm not going to eat for X amount of days. And so you are the bread of life, and I'm going to feast on the bread of life because my body is going to be broken for you. Lord, your word says in, in what is it, John chapter 7, that, that the rivers of living water will burst forth and to bubble over unto everlasting life. And this, he spoke of the Spirit. So I'm not going to drink water for X amount of days because your living water will sustain me, right? But if you think about it, and I'm, and I'm so guilty of this, the times, the majority of the times that I have fasted in my life is for greater anointing. It's to, be, to, to minister more powerfully. And I'm just being transparent. That's like, Lord, Lord, I, I, I'm, an, I'm gonna fast because I wanna see you move deeper in my life. Lord, I'm gonna fast because, because when I lay hands on people, I want them to feel your presence. All these things are good things. To preach better is good. To, to acknowledge more of the anointing in your life, that's good stuff. But then God comes in and says, This is the fast that I have called for. It's to loose the bands of wickedness, undo heavy burdens, let the oppressed go free, and break every yoke. The the brokenness that I have encountered in my life, how is that labeled and and stood before God? Is the purpose of us coming to church, is the purpose of us in ministry so we can acknowledge ourselves before God? Or is for the broken to see God in us and something changes in them. That when we're trying to win a city, are we trying to win it so everybody says, man, did you see that outreach? Did you see that sign blowing like a flag? Or are we going out in the middle of the city not to show them our church but to demonstrate to them our God? When you walk in your workplace, is there a possibility that if somebody is oppressed, they can be set free? When you walk into the grocery store, is there an opportunity that if God desires that somebody who has a yoke upon their necks, for them to encounter Christ in you, the hope of glory, and the yoke be broken? Isaiah 10.27 says, for the anointing breaks the yoke. Are we living a life, is our life a fast before God? Do you have to give up food to truly fast before the Lord? Because I feel that in my life, I've missed it so many times because the purpose of of anything that I did was to grow the ministry. And and don't get me wrong, if if the ministry grows, yes, more people are going to get, yes, this. But is my focus on the people that are hurting, the people that are naked that need to be clothed? Or are we just all just playing this thing to build our own selves up? What has God asked us to do? The things that we talked about when we were planning this church, when we were preparing this church, is we talked about the the home church in Winchester. There's something about that church and the presence of God in worship. I don't know what it is. But I don't care what they sing. I don't care who sings it. It's like as soon as worship starts, God is in the place. It's not everything is done right. There might be some things, doctrinal things even, that I disagree with, but it's undeniable that when they worship man, God comes. And when we planted this church, the giftings of Winchester were very strong. Apostle Hall has just an acute prophetic gifting. That's how we even encountered the church. We got asked to come to revival. We had been told that we could never have kids. Walked into a service, and the apostle stood up and goes, how many kids you want? Told us the doctor's report. Months later, Zeke was on his way. So there's certain things, and we said, we we want to plant Mount Sterling. I remember talking, like, like John and I, we would, we would get together and say, man, we need to discuss this, 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 and this. And then sometimes there'd be opposition, so we had to get up and like this. But the, the plain out fact of why we planted this church is we said in Winchester... Because of the presence of God, because of the worship of the king, because of the giftings of Jesus that are inside the house. Anybody can show up at any service, 9 a.m., 11, or 6, or Wednesday. Anybody at any time could show up and receive something from God that could change their lives. Am I right? That's what we said. So in Mount Sterling, that was the foundational brick that we laid right here. It wasn't to build the biggest church. It wasn't to get the biggest following. It wasn't to get the most Facebook likes. It was that if you step in here at any time, God can change your life. And the real essence of that is people come in their brokenness and let God move anyway. So many of these things, look at look at verse nine. so after we after we minister to the broken, after we're breaking the bonds of wickedness, after we're ministering to those that are hurting, people that are yoked. Do you know what a yoke is? A yoke is something you put on cattle that you lock them up and it's pinned down like this so they can only look one way and somebody else is pivoting it. So the people of God have, have been satisfied with the crumbs of God's table and they have been put in a yoke of the enemy and the yoke is called church. It's called this, that if I go every Sunday, something's gonna Happen, but God came to break yokes because the kingdom of God is within us. And if the kingdom of God is within us, when people have yokes of religion, our city's covered in religion. Pastor John, not talking about he went out to Bethel, and the word apostle, prophet, those are common terms out there. You want to know why? Because they're not in the Bible belt. Well, Patrick, what does that mean? It means the Bible Belt doesn't read their Bible. It's a religious action that we've got churches on every corner. But we're in competition with each other. We need to break the yokes of religion in our communities. You know where that starts? Where the Apostle Peter said, judgment shall begin in the house of the Lord. It's when we step out of it and we start focusing on the mission of the gospel and not on the, mini- on the mission of our ministry or the ministry of our reputation. Because it doesn't matter what Mount Sterling thinks about me. Am I walking around that the oppressed can go free? That the yokes of bondage upon the people of God and the people of this earth are broken because Christ is in me. What's my brokenness being used for? Verse 9. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry, and he shall say, here I am. If you take away from the midst of thee the yoke and the putting forth of the finger and speak in vanity, and if you draw out of your soul to the hungry, satisfy the afflicted soul, then you shall see the light arise in obscurity. In the darkness, be as the noonday. Meaning that when we start walking in this brokenness, in this, in this life of fasting, like true fasting, not, not just the food and the water, but living a life where I'm getting broke, I'm, I'm gonna allow myself to be broken down by the Lord, to be broken down in my spirit, that I can connect with people that are broken. That I can connect with people that, that they might not know what's going on. Do you know how many people are looking for the wounds that have been healed in your body? Do you know how many people need your testimony? Because sometimes we just live with brokenness like it's this vest that it's on us and it's zipped up. Well, I have to carry this on me. But this is saying, man, if you if you not don't just carry it on you, but 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 pour out of it. But release some of this brokenness. Not that you weren't broken, but that maybe somebody needs to hear what happened to you and how you came out of it. Because if we allow our brokenness to minister to the afflicted, if we use it to minister to break yokes, then all of a sudden, we're not carrying brokenness, we're carrying healing. Where it's not about how many tears I cried, it's that God held my tears, and he's given water to the thirsty. You know, the the man who led me to the Lord... Podge passed away, and I've just been—I've been so broken, so so broken over it, and and so I'm going back and I'm—I I'm, listen to his his voicemail. I've got voicemails from him that I've kept, but but mam's his wife wrote me and said, "Hey, I'm going to send you something," and so I'm—I I'm, don't know what it is, you know, and if you know Mams, it, it could be a gag gift. You just never know with her, and so. Wednesday, I come to church and I have the package, and I open up the package, and it's a Jewish prayer shawl. And so I open it up, and inside it, it said, He used to wear this when He prayed for you. So He would wear it, knowing that there's times that He prayed for me, and I was completely broken. I was completely defeated. And what's amazing is, is months ago, right when he passed, I, carried a, I preached a message from the Holy Spirit that says, Are we carrying what was left? And now the Lord has a prayer show that even in the twinings of it has my brokenness in it. And the man who led me to the Lord would drape it over his head in prayer and say, Father, I know that he's broken, but I ask for healing. This is what I want. Because all of a sudden, the brokenness of him passing now is indebted to me to carry that and pray for you. Not that I believe in the Jewish tradition, but we can't get out of it, Jesus was Jewish. I'm not gonna put the law on you, but I'm gonna put that prayer shawl on you and first humble myself that somebody who loved me prayed for me through my brokenness because when I get up and I take that pressure off, I'm not gonna pick up my brokenness. I'm gonna pick up the healing that was given from the Father. Because when that happens, my darkness becomes like the noonday. That means I'm changing everything, I'm changing my atmosphere. That's when we're planted by rivers of water even though it's winter my leaves are still green. It might not be my season to produce but I will not be a fig tree that when the master comes I'm not ready. This house is called to be a fig tree that in the dead of winter, it is not time for the fruit, it's not time, but if somebody in the grocery store is battling suicide and they come across you, all of a sudden a sprout will come out of the tree. Well, that's impossible, not with our God. Because we're not carrying the brokenness, we're carrying the healing and in the middle of darkness, when I carry my healing, it becomes like the noonday. People can't see in darkness. But what if we bring the noonday? What if we bring something from God that changes the lighting in people's lives? So many times we ask, well, light exposes this. Yeah, that's true, but light can also show you what you didn't see was there. Kevin Thornton looked at me and saw something that nobody else saw. And I humble myself for the rest of my life in trying to honor what he saw. I fail all the time, but yet something in me just says, what did he see, Lord? And then I receive a shawl that he prayed with for me. And I says, I got to get up. I got to get up so that that darkness can be a noonday. Verse 11 says this, and the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones. Can somebody say amen to fat bones? I said, thank you, Jesus. I just all of a sudden, I've been sucking in my stomach this whole sermon. I said, fat bones. I went, oh, hallelujah. Quit, Quit making me laugh. And shall make fat thy bones, listen, and thou shalt be like a watered garden, and shall be like a spring of waters, whose waters fail not. Meaning whatever you need, I've, I've got what you need because I'm connected to the vine. I'm just a branch, but I've got noonday because the light of the world is in me. How many of you have walked in your brokenness, and it, not that it's like a badge of honor, But it's more like, well, this is it. This happened. I just have to deal with it. I just have to carry it. I just have to walk with it. And sometimes you use it as a testimony piece. But sometimes, listen, there's been times in my life where I'm giving a testimony that I still don't even believe yet. It sounds good, it sounds spiritual. But I'm like, oh, I remember when God did this. And listen, there was times where I was in sin, broken, in addiction. And I'm preaching while I'm in addiction. And I'm talking about the delivering power of God. People are being ministered to, but I'm sitting there going, man, I'm not even delivered yet. But this is talking about that brokenness doesn't have to be a yoke, but yet brokenness can turn into something that breaks yokes. Are you carrying, are you carrying the true increase? Are you walking in something that only God can do? Verse 12. And they that shall be of thee. You hear that? And they, so we're going to bring a spring of water that the waters fail not. Now all of a sudden it says, and now they that shall be of thee. So because of all these things that have come in through my brokenness, now all of a sudden something's getting birthed out of me. Listen to this. They, and they that shall be of thee, they will build up the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. Breach means something that's been broken down. Who needs their brokenness repaired from the healing that you receive from your brokenness? How many people have been touched because I was broken down in addiction and people have been touched because God healed me? There's things that have happened in your life that you've tried to label yourself in them instead of letting God heal you so he can bring, repair the breach in other people's lives. So many times as church people, we try our very best to just look like we got it all put together. But when you start walking out your brokenness with a loving God and a powerful God, You're gonna see that God is gonna send people in your past for you to tell their story. Well, Patrick, what if I'm not healed yet? Healing will come out of you. I've seen it with Kimberly. Miscarriage. My buddy called said, Hey man, I'm so sorry I heard that. Hey, my, my brother's wife just had a miscarriage. Can Kimberly call her? And we're like looking at our phones, going, Ain't nobody called us. We're still crying. And I sat there, and I said, well, just just seek the Lord. Kimberly felt the Lord, and she called the person and starts speaking. And the healing that Kimberly needed was coming out of her. As she was being the person to repair the breach, the brokenness inside of her started to manifest as healing. And all of a sudden, we're sitting here in the church house, trying to act like we all put together. And I'm the most broken out of all of you. But I'm I'm asking you to step into some true increase. Something that's greater. Something that's deeper. That's deeper than even the hurt that you're battling with. The hurt that caused your brokenness. You feel the pain so strong. What if I told you that if you let God come in and begin to mend and begin to heal and begin to speak and begin to love and begin to declare that the glory of that wound will be greater than the initial hurt that it came from? And then we just walk it out. Why? Because we're repairs of breaches. The broken have found the love of Jesus and now we go repairing breaches. That does not make sense, does it? It's like me at the bank, I do something that causes the bank to lose $10 million. And let's say it's a commercial loan. It's like two weeks later they said, all right, we're putting Patrick over the commercial lending department. See, that doesn't make sense in the earth. But we're not dealing with somebody from the earth. We're dealing from somebody from heaven that came to the earth. But he didn't leave heaven there. He brought heaven. See, now when we start walking in our healing, what we're doing is we're saying, let heaven come. Because I can't preach of my brokenness on the earth with earthly desires, with earthly mindsets. If I'm going to minister to you in your hurt that I suffered the same hurt, i got to tell you that I need heaven. So in John, in John chapter 3, John the Baptist says this. While you're going to John chapter 3, listen to the verse 12. In the King James it says, And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. They shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and that will be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell. And listen to this in the the Passion Translation. Your people. So out of your brokenness, birth something. Only God can birth something out of nothing. Your people will rebuild long deserted ruins. Listen to this. Building anew on foundations laid long before you. That shows the kingdom. That I'm not here because I just got saved. I'm here because Carmen Lager prayed. I'm here because Exilio Pereira, Sabina Pereira prayed. I'm here that a boy from Baltimore who didn't know my name prayed for me to come. The brokenness in his heart was mended, and then when I stepped into his house, I was mended. This is generational, that it's not just where I am now, but what has come before me and what's gonna come after me. Because this church has been planted that in 25 years, in 50 years, something here is standing and still repairing the breaches in this city. If I'm dead, it doesn't matter because he lives. So what are we doing here? Holding on to our brokenness instead of of delivering to the broken our healing that we received. They're going to lay upon foundations laid long before you. You will be known as repairs of cities and the restorers of communities. What are we here for? Can you see that we're not here to fill up this auditorium? Because what's the point of filling up this auditorium if if we're not known as repairers of cities and we're not known as restorers of communities? And nothing better than walking down the street and a pastor in this community goes, hey, let's win the city. I say, come on, somebody. Let's go. Because we can't win the city alone. But if we get some people... That have been called out of their brokenness to manifest healing and to be repairs of the breach and restores of communities. Then the kingdom of God is going to be in this city. John chapter 3, verse 27 says this. They're asking John, hey, so Jesus is baptizing and so are you. What's up with that? John says, John answered and said, a man can receive nothing except it be given to him from heaven. You yourselves know and bear witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I am sent before him. He that has the bridegroom, listen to this, he that has the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. He must increase, and I must decrease. Do you understand that this Is the total opposite of the heart of man. The heart of man is that my joy is fulfilled when I succeed. John the Baptist said, Now that he is here, I bow out and my joy is fulfilled. So when a pastor says they had four saved, I rejoice. If a church says they had 10 come to Christ, I rejoice. Well, we didn't have any saved. Well, somebody got saved. We're here for people to get saved, right? Is our joy fulfilled in other people's victories? Is our joy fulfilled when maybe we're in an area of failure, but someone else is succeeding? See, this is true increase. I'm talking about true increase today. True increase comes that even out of my brokenness, healing comes. But it's not just for me, it's for people who are broken. I believe it's uh, John quoted it last week. I think it's uh, it's, uh, Psalms 51 17. David says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. Jesus even confirmed it. He says, Those who fall upon the rock shall be broken. Now, if the rock falls on you, you're ground into powder. But when we come to Christ, we come to a place of breaking. Why? Because by his wounds we are healed. I've seen the pops firsthand go through this two miscarriages, and they're still on the stage. They're receiving their healing while repairing your breach. That's true increase. True increase comes where it doesn't make sense, but it's so much of the kingdom that impossible becomes possible, and it becomes factual. Because what God says comes to pass, so God can say anything, and it's true. Because there's no lies in him. John the Baptist is literally saying, in my brokenness, I'm breaking down my humanity, and in that, my joy is fulfilled in him. It's never it's never the place we want to be in brokenness. I've been broken over and over and over again. Sometimes I get sick and tired of being broken. But I've seen that when God when I let allow God to step into my brokenness when I fall upon the rock and I'm broken, I can see that there's a healing that comes but it can't just stay with me. When people have cancer, we're going to call sister Nisha. Why? Because she's not carrying cancer, she's carrying healing. Dwight is gonna come up and pray. Why? Because he's not carrying cancer, he's carrying victory. If people are battling miscarriages, we're gonna call Kimberly and Megan. Why? Because they're not carrying defeat, they're carrying the living God inside of them with mercy. But who needs your brokenness? Because true increase for the city will come out of the people of God not acting like they're right. But pouring out out healing out of their brokenness. That's not a fun thing to do. Many times it's an awkward thing to do. But I tell you, deep healing comes from people who are broken and still preach the gospel. Last verse. Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man is to do What? To seek and save them which were lost. Jesus is so bold. I believe this is the story of Zacchaeus. Remember, he was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He says, man, I'll come in your house today. Sinner of sinners of sinners. Jesus steps in the house and says, well, guess what? The one who takes away sin is here. So let's get that out of the way. Zacchaeus brings a repentant heart. Why? Because out of his brokenness, he met the master. Out of the master, healing comes. So Zacchaeus starts to pull out, pour out his wealth. Why? Because now it's his victory. It used to be a condemnation, but now it's a victory. It used to be stealing, but now it's flooding the streets and blessing people. Why? Because he was breaking yokes because the master came in in his brokenness and says, man, that's why I'm here. I'm here to seek and save them which are lost. But listen to this, to save is the, is the Greek word sozo, to save, to deliver, to protect, to heal, to preserve, to save, to do well, to make whole. Christ came, sacrificed his body. His body was torn to shreds. He had the real brokenness because he gave up heaven to carry your spit. He wounded his bodies to carry our cancer. He destroyed himself. The hairs of his beard ripped out. His face smacked. He stood there to receive it so that when we stand before God, he's Father and not judge. Jesus repaired our breach. How? Through his brokenness. He was broken. Think Isaiah 54, 17, he said he was marred more than any man in his visage, more than the sons of men. Unrecognizable. And all of a sudden, he's walking there. How do we receive healing? Because Jesus was broken. So why don't we take some of the things that have hurt us, why don't we take some of the things that have bound us maybe for years, and ask God just to step in and bring a true increase to it. Because then then we're not carrying the brokenness. We're not carrying the bondage. Instead of the brokenness being the trophy that we carry, it's the victory in Christ that we carry. Because if by his wounds we are healed and he's within us, then maybe the brokenness that he's healed from can heal somebody else. He's calling us. Everything in that passage, it's the Lord speaking to us. And it says, and then you shall be called the repairer of the breach. Why? Because we're the ones walking in the city. We're the ones walking in the community. We can't ask for Jesus just to manifest himself physically everywhere we go. We carry him. We carry him. And if his mission was to seek and save them which are lost, then I'm telling you, I'm going to start carrying my brokenness and ministering to people who are broken. Because I believe this church, the true increase of this church, is that we're going to be repairers of the breach. In churches, church division, because I'm sick and tired of church competition. And Pastor Daniel and I at the refinery talk about it all the time, maybe two pastors that planted a church within three months, less than five miles away, maybe we can be an example, that maybe we should partner for this thing. Maybe we should do something that's different. Maybe we should repair some of the brokenness and bring healing into our churches, healing in the community, because if we're gonna minister to the, heal, to the people who are truly broken, then maybe the church shouldn't be broke down. Maybe we're the answer. Maybe our brokenness is the answer for true healing to come in your family, in those around you, And then that we can be this. We will be known as repairs of cities and restorers of communities. That's true increase. When brokenness becomes healing, and then it becomes a sermon. Amen. Stand with me today.